Good day, good afternoon, good evening, or whenever you are listening to this. A very welcome to the Southwest Non-League Football Podcast show. This is our third pre-season episode, and by the time we finish this one, we should be about halfway through our planned pre-season schedule. Pre-season is a funny old time when you see random friendlies, such as national teams who are featured in World Cups, to random results for sides against higher league opposition. Most of though, it's an important time for teams to prepare for the season ahead, which is what I've been using it for as well, getting fit and brushing up on the performance, so I'm ready for the long season ahead. So this episode is going to be one that's going to be vitally important uh, for me preparing for that, as well as the next three that are after this as well. This is our first one that we'll have previewing fixtures and doing our topic, and then we'll be reviewing the results after the weekend as well. So there being loads of teams in the Southwest, um, unlike what the plan is with the leagues, um, covering all the sort of Southwest teams in their respective leagues, on the fixture front, I picked a select few fixtures to feature. Uh, most the ones uh, on Southwest Sports News that they have on their web- website and ones that I've seen on our, our via our friends on Twitter as well um, all that have been sent to me. So as I mentioned I have got a few topics to cover as well as the fixture previews. Um, once again this, again this episode is going to be a bit of a test and the format may not stay as it is but nonetheless shall we get into it? So first things first let's talk about something that's been dominating the non-league stratosphere for quite a few weeks now. The betting company sponsorship of three leagues. The one in the southwest it directly affects is the Southern League, obviously the Premier Division and the Division One. Now I'm trying to be impartial here, and I can see all sides of this argument regarding why um, the issue, or regarding around the issue, regard the argument around the issues of the of the sponsorship. Um, and to be honest with myself, I'm unsure where I fully stand on this. Um, there's lots of different sides to it, and you can sort of lay claims and say what's good and bad out of each side of it. Um, I think there will hopefully be a lot more clarity once the league confirms what clubs will have to do under the sportship, uh, sponsorship agreement, such as uh, what they'll have to advertise, what they'll have to put in their programmes, websites and all that. And they have seen that the Southern League, or someone from the Southern League, has come out and said that there'll be no sponsorship boards, grounds or advertising in programmes uh, because the the betting uh, companies and, and gambling um, advertising is a lot more regulated than a lot of others are. So I think, um, personally, it's good to have an internationally recognised brand sponsoring some of our non-league sides. Um, well, not non-league sides necessarily, but obviously the leagues. Uh, but at the same time, it does promote something which people can gain addiction from. But then again, so can alcohol, cigarettes and fast food. And would there be as much uproar if uh, Carlsberg or uh, a fast food company um, or a cigarette company, maybe a cigarette company, but came to promote or sponsor these leagues, would there be as much of an uproar as a betting thing on some of those fronts? Possibly not. All I can say, um, and one view I've seen is, if clubs are dead against it, or have an ethical disagreements or concerns with it, maybe they could uh, partner with a local addiction charity to raise awareness and maybe donate some space in a programme to them, do some fundraising, donate some money, or, um, or donate a spare sponsor board to them to make a difference yourselves. That's one, one way you could make a difference and obviously promote... The, the the league you're in is, is going to be run by a or not run but it's going to be sponsored by a betting company so maybe you could do something to promote the badness of it I don't know what's going to happen with the leagues whether they're going to promote something like that and partner with a charity maybe they will maybe they won't that's something that's obviously going to have to be decided at uh, the highest level in, in those leagues so myself I'm planning to partner with a charity um, that comes to Southwest. I know they're based in Bristol over the coming season regarding addiction um, I'm also going to be doing as partner hopefully partner with a charity that helps support referees but I'm not going to go too much into those now I'm hopefully I'm going to talk about those at a later date um, another argument I've heard as well is about players and officials um, because they can't bet um, above step step four and upwards can't bet on any sort of football so it's unfair unfair really 
Um, so I say, yeah, basically under the laws of football, is illegal for anyone involved in official capacity or playing capacity to bet on a football match from step four upwards. Um, which is maybe it is a bit harsh that a player from step four can't bet on a Champions League match that they're never going to be directly involved with. But what that rule is, is basically it's stopping people, players being accused of match fixing by placing bets on the games that they could be involved with. Um, there are a lot of other reasons as well, but that's let's just stick to the basics here. Um, and obviously a lot of step four does appear on online betting platforms or in bookie shops. That's why I think the cutoff is there because um, a lot lower don't tend to appear on there apart from FA Vars games or FA Cup games. Um, so that'd be why. My view on it is, players, you are in a very fortunate position to be playing a very good standard of football. And I know lads at clubs and leagues below who are working hard to make that opportunity happen for themselves. Naturally, obviously, when you get to the the position of the sort of Southern League and Step 4, um, you may want to play higher up, which is great. You've got the ambition, but the higher, higher you go anyway, the harder it is going to be to bet. So it's good to get it in, used to it now and save your cash, and it's not the most wisest form. Um, I know a lot of players, maybe at that level as well, you'll be getting paid to play. So what's the point in spending half your money maybe going on doing bets? If you enjoy it, maybe fair enough. But if you don't, if you do, if, if betting is really that much to you, go and play a lower level of football. But I'm sure that's not what you want, and it is a little sacrifice to make. And sport is about sacrifices. Um, I'm not, and I'm not saying I have it a go, but that's just what someone said. And someone's not even a player said that's unfair. I don't think a lot of players will view it as unfairly, but there have been um, officials and stuff involved with clubs that, that are uh, say have it is it is unfair, and maybe. Some 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 roles within those clubs don't necessarily need to be covered under that rule, but there obviously has to be sort of a blanket thing, so it's just sort of clear anyone that's involved in official capacity with those clubs um, from step four onwards can't really be involved in betting because obviously it creates things about match fixing and, and all, all of that. So it is, it is a little bit of a fair rule. Um, and you do really need to realise, even at step four, you are in a very fortunate position because it's a very good standard of football uh, to play. And as I say, there's a lot of people that would be loving to play that level of football. Um, so to, and it's the same um, you're lucky to be and betting is a little thing you don't really need that to say um, and I'm sure a better prospect is your career is going further you could probably earn a lot more money than you'd, you'd put on betting or you'd get a lot better returns off that so to conclude all this about the sponsorship really the leagues need a sponsorship deal and a big name to really raise the profile of divisions Bet Victor are an internationally recognised company. They're massive. They'll, I think they will end up doing a lot for non-league, but obviously it's a bit unclear. It is a new thing. People don't like change. Um, and it, it's good to have the three divisions under the same brand as well that they're going to be sponsoring from a commercial point for maybe when if a new sponsorship deal comes up or for other sponsorship deals for clubs to help them and obviously help uh, finances and stuff. Um, non-league as well needs to not turn into the football league Premier League whatever because that's not what we love about it we don't want it to become money dominated everyone talk about the money and doing anything only for the money and maybe chucking all their morals out the window or what because non-league probably has more a little bit more morals left than the rest of football does um, and that's that's not what you really want it to, to become the league as well they do need to do something themselves maybe look at sporting a gamble addiction charity um as should all betting companies really from higher up they should be looking at really especially on the eye ones because they do cause major issues to all people but also hit the poorest people those the hardest or people that do have a lot and they get addicted and it's just there on tap and they end up losing everything and lots of money and it's it's not nice to see. So that's my little view on it. I know people may not like that, whatever. Football's all about opinions. Life's all about opinions. I think that's just what needs to be, maybe be done in my my view on it all. Um, so yeah, we'll move on to the next topic, I think, because I think we could be here all night talking about 
this sponsorship deal. But I think once the league comes up and there's a bit more clarity, hopefully from them um, and clubs and stuff, will it will die down and be able to move forward and hopefully enjoy this lovely partnership with, with a big international company. So a question I was actually asked uh, by somebody the other day. Why do these random pre-season fixtures happen? Why don't they just get started in their leagues or play against teams in their league or the same respective ones maybe in a different county or uh, region of the country? Like, why did Bristol City go to Hallen if they're going to win 14-0? What's the point in that? So I thought maybe for those people that have asked... Um, that listening to this that not necessarily football fans or maybe that don't really don't really get it the new to football I don't know what the reason could be and but I thought I'd try to explain it now this is only my understanding of what pre-seasons really are what it means in non-league it may not be 100% accurate but it's just my view um, and there's some personal experiences in there so really pre-season for non-league clubs is a time to try and get people to come down to their clubs and hopefully come back for a few games to play during a few games during the season so that's why any sort of football league opposition for non-league clubs is a very big deal because you can get local football fans from those clubs who may support the team that they're playing to come down to your club who may never have been down before and it gives them a chance to sample the facilities, see the standard of football and some may come back if they're living in the area um, or maybe if they're passing through the area for whatever reason or have family in the area. For example, the first time I ever stepped into a non-league ground was when I went to watch a friendly that Swindon Town were involved in. And me and some friends did visit their, Swindon Supermarine actually did visit them a few more times the follow, over the course of the following season. Um, so that sort of thing does work. Um, and non, I know non-league clubs do a lot of great work to try and get more people in during the season anyway. But pre-season certainly helps when they do get bigger opposition to come down. Um, sometimes even if they don't play much higher opposition because they can reduce entry free down to maybe even free or donations or pay what you like which also gets people in and gives them a chance to give the club a go it's also a chance as well for, for those clubs to pit yourself against higher opposition and get your fitness levels up and vice versa for the, the football league opposition it is a chance to get maybe your tactics sorted against opposition you wouldn't normally play and have get your fitness levels up and stuff as well um, away from the pressures of a league season Um so, and, and clubs that play it, you do it as well with clubs that play at a lower or similar level to you and um, that maybe produce more fair tests and see where you are with your preparations as well as playing the big friendlies because you don't see a, many teams anyway go through a whole pre-season just playing sort of football league clubs. They'll play maybe, some, some teams won't even play any, but some will play one or two, but then they'll play teams that are either at a similar level to them, maybe just above or uh, same but in a different league or from a different region or lower. Um just to give themselves a bit of a fairer test. Um, and some of those happen nearer towards the end of the end of pre-season campaign before they start the league season to sort of see where they are with their preparations um, and stuff. Because seasons really can also be won or lost in pre-season. Um, as the classic saying goes, if you prepare to fail, uh, prepare, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Um, and if you don't get pre-season right, it can be a long, hard season. Um, but, in pre- but in pre-season, results don't really matter that one. So I think I can remember one season, Swindon lost nearly every single one to non-league clubs and league opposition. And we still managed to get to, or they still managed to get to a league one playoff final. Um, but at the end of that pre-season, the squad were fit and that's all that really mattered. Um, I think if it had been in the Palo Zacanio era, he would have slightly gone mental if he'd lost every pre-season because he wants to win every game. 
and I'm like that. If I when I play football, I want to win every single game. Um, but when outsiders are looking at these results, the results don't really matter that much. You see a non-league side beating the football league side. It's great for the non-league side, morale boosting as well. That's great. But you see like football league sides going losers to non-league side. No one's going. Cool, you're going to get relegated. I think um, Barnet beat Crystal Palace six two. I'm not really sure what the teams were last night. That's a great night for Barnet, but. For Crystal Palace, it won't matter that much in the grand schemes of things, and I think they'll go on to have a good season anyway. Um, but it's just one of those things. Um, and for me, what makes a good pre-season fixture isn't necessarily a club that are playing a football league team, but maybe a team from a few leagues higher up, or maybe a local team that you haven't played in a while. You end up don't be in the same leagues because geographically you aren't technically in the same league or whatever. Um, and a good local derby in pre-season from teams that are a lot sort of higher up and down make a really good thing uh, fixture as well. Um, and some of them you'd only pro- be lucky enough to pro- uh, play them if you progressed in the cups uh, and then we're obviously lucky enough to draw them because cup draw is as random as you get um, or a really random one is a national team taken on a non-league side right? and, uh, and I know this isn't really Southwest related but uh, Q8 we're in the UK on a warm weather training camp I'm sure you've already heard about it um, and the side ranks about 182 in the world um, but instead of organising any games against any other national teams, they decided to play national league sides. Same thing, aren't they? Um, they faced Hungerford, Marlow and Maidenhead. Um, I'm not really sure how, how, they, how they got on. I know Maidenhead beat them 1-0, um, which is an interesting reflection on how non-league football is comparing in England to some of the lowest ranked um, international sides. But that's obviously highlights. Well, pre-season is a weird and wonderful time because you do get fixtures like that come up. And I think someone said there was a non-league club. I can't remember which one exactly which one it was now, but they played Real Betis um, in a pre-season friendly. And you see them in football league sides as well. And it really is just a great time. Um, and obviously, like Accrington Stanley, that's when they played Marseille in pre-season. I can imagine how buzzing those boys are now. They they played some very good against some very good players and they beat them two one. Um, but I'm sure Accrington Stanley aren't going to go and win the FA Cup or win the Champions league anytime soon um so let's go on to the sort of fixtures um because we've got some pre-season fixtures that we're previewing in this podcast um and there are some fantastic game games coming up in this podcast including an intra-league cup that's raising money for charity a somerset derby a bird derby and some football league sides visiting some of the region's non-league sides as well as some more like higher national league sides visiting some of their non-lower league neighbors so before we move on to the fixtures for this weekend um, one thing I've also enjoyed over this preseason is seeing more and more clubs now being able to sell their strips, sort of replica shirts for the upcoming season. Now, I really love this because I think this is a great way for clubs to earn extra income, um, but also great for supporters as they have something to wear with pride to support their local side. Um, and there's very few things that look smarter than a coach with supporters unloading at the ground with a few of their own replica shirts bobbing about. You know, it gives identity. I know not everyone wears them. I don't wear them myself, but I do like to buy them. Um, and there are loads of shirt collectors about as well. And there'll be loads that like to pick up non-league ones as well. So it's a really good opportunity for clubs to earn some extra cash. Um, and I think you've got to look at every sort of way nowadays to try and earn cash because obviously isn't a lot of money in non-league football. And if you're saddling football, if you need to progress, you need to try and get as much money into it as you can but obviously without sacrificing the security of the club financially and um, if you are a club or a fan of a club listening to this and your team um, or club are selling a shirt this season please do get in touch with the details of this as i'm planning to do a thread on twitter and our wordpress site um, on what shirts are available how much they are what teams and stuff and then might even do a bit of ranking like for a bit of fun don't take it too seriously and um, is that and you know if you send me some i might even have to get a couple myself so let's move on and preview some fixtures for this weekend shall we 
So, first up, let's talk about a European match we've got on our hand. Yes, that's right. Thursday night, European football is back, although not quite the Europa League. It's a pre-season friendly between Gloucester City and Aberystwyth. Gloucester City, who play in the National League, um, and they'll play in the National League North next season after three seasons in the National League South. But due to their geographical location and the fact four Southern teams were relegated from the National League, which did later become three as Gateshead were demoted um, instead of one of the relegated sides. So one side, one of the Southern sides got a reprieve. Unfortunately, Oxford, who also were transferred over as a part of this, are more Southern. So the Tigers will face some monster away games next season. We'll still cover them here on the Southwest Non-League Football Show, as they are technically from the West Country. That's in course, of course, unless the UK's ge- geography has just completely changed since I've recorded this, um, which hopefully it hasn't done. But we should we'll still be recovering the <laughs> the Tigers next season. So the Tigers' opponents are currently playing their trade in the Welsh Premier League, which is Wales' top flight. They finished 8th in the Welsh Premier League last season out of 12, so they'll no doubt be hoping to have a better campaign this time around with preparations uh, such as playing Gloucester City, which will be a very, very good game. Uh, so a bit more about the opponents. They play their, in their green and white home stripes, um, and their home ground is the 5,000 capacity Park Avenue in their home city or town. I'm not sure if it's city or town. Bear with me on that one. Their main rivals are Newtown and Carmarthen Town. They do have some more friendly rivalries that have been formed in more recent years with Bangor City and the town's university side. So Gloucester City hosts them at Jubilee Park in Evesham with 7.45 kickoff, and that's on Thursday the 18th. So that's tomorrow evening. That's Thursday night football on the 18th there at Gloucester. So our next set of fixtures are all on Friday the 19th. And we'll start with talking about Lark Hall. Lark Hall take on their counterparts from Wiltshire, Westbury United, on Friday evening. Lark Hall from Bath, not to be confused with the Scottish suburb with the same name, so don't go to that uh, place if you're putting in Lark Hall and it's coming up um, with an eight-hour drive. That's the wrong Lark Hall and you don't want to be travelling there because the Lark Hall from up there will not be playing Westbury United. So, Lark Hall have had um, some alright form this pre-season. They've played two fixtures uh, so far, and in those two fixtures they've held Championship side Cardiff City's under-23s to a 1-1 draw uh, before they headed to Cribs last night where they ran out 3-0 winners there. Uh, Westbury United head to Lark Hall also in fairly similar form um, with a win and a draw in their last two fixtures. They beat Caution Town 4-2 away from home last weekend and drew 0-0 with Shriven at Beaversbrook in Carn on Tuesday evening. So this will be a very entertaining pre-season fixture, no doubt, with both sides in similar form. And this kicks off at 7.30 at the Securitas Stadium in Lark Hall. I know the normal charge for a pre-season fixture is a very reasonable £5 for adults, £3 concessions, and I think it's free car parking as well. Um, but this is based on their last home friendly, so if there is any change for any reason, I will, of course, tweet this out to you all. Next fixture that we've got on our hands is Taunton Town, and they take on League Two side Cheltenham Town. The Peacocks host the Robins in the Bird Derby at the Signet Healthcare Stadium on Friday evening as they prepare for the new Southern League season. Taunton finished second in their first season in the Premier League of the Southern League and missed out on promotion for a tough 4-3 penalty loss to Paul after a 1-1 draw in normal time. So they'll be looking to go one better and get promotion this season to the National League South. The Robins will also be preparing for a season which they hope they can have a successful promotion push season in the fourth tier of English football. They'll take impression. Um, they'll take impression. They'll take inspiration from the recent underdog success stories in the league of the last few seasons, such as Accrington Stanley. Um, don't know if you can class Lincoln, but they're fairly 
they, they weren't expected to go out and win the league necessarily. Um, and there's also been many other sides, maybe MK Dons that have gone, gone up that have been a bit underdog stories. So the form going into this one for Taunton, they've played to 1-2, scoring seven goals in the process, both away to Tavistock and Bridgewater Town respectively. Cheltenham Town have lost their only fixture to date, which was a 2-1 away loss to Stratford Town of the Southern League Central Division Premier. So they're in a similar division to uh, Taunton. The Peacocks will fancy making it 3 from 3, but the League 2 side travel with a point to prove, and I'm sure this will be a cracker. Although, I've got a disclaimer, I don't know what side Cheltenham are bringing down because they do have a pre season against Premier League Leicester City on Saturday. So, whether they'll be, I don't, don't know if it'll be a full squad, but it'll certainly be maybe some youngsters, some fringe first team players, and some players maybe need an extra fit, uh, fitness. Uh, this one kicks off at 7.45 in Taunton. So the next fixture we've got is Bath City, and they host League Two playoff semi-finalists. New, and sorry, League Two playoff finalists, Newport County at Twerton Park. This will be a very tough test for County as they prepare to go one better and lead to this season and gain promotion. The Robins have played two two so far this preseason, both at home and both so far to strong league outfits. They played League Two Exeter City, who won three 0 on Bath's first outing of the league, and League One side Bristol Rovers, who enjoyed a 2-0 victory on a return to their former ground to Twerton Park on Tuesday evening. Kickoff for this one is at 7.30 at Twerton Park, and tickets are £10 for adults, £7 for concessions, and £1 for the lucky under-16s. The last fixture we've got on Friday sees Porton Rovers take on Bristol Rovers under-23 side as they continue their preparations for the upcoming season and what will be a very good but tough test. Poulton take on the Gas's Young Guns following a strong start to their pre-season so far. They've had some close victories over Ashton and Backwell, which was 2-1, and a 3-2 win against Bridgewater, while they've had a narrow 2-1 loss to Penway Bounce as well. That's a 7.30 kickoff at Winterfield Road. And the next fixture we're going to have a look at now is on Saturday. So this is for Saturday the 20th of July. God, where is July going? And this one is a cup final. It's the intra-league Tool Station Intraleague Cup. And in this one, Bitten take on the side from my own birth town, Bridlington Town FC. So I did ask anyone if there's any preseason fixtures that intrigued them for any reason so I could prioritise them on the on the podcast. And this one that is one that really intrigued me because it's um yeah, the, the team from the, where I was born. Um, and as I can tell, you must know I was from Bridlington anyway, because my thick Yorkshire accent really gives it away. So this one is raising. It's a sort of a charity match. It's rate. It's an annual competition. Um, it's raising money for charity, and it's being held at Bridgewater Town. Uh, Bitten take on the side from the East Riding of Yorkshire um, in this Tool Station Inter League Cup. As basically, Tool Station uh, sponsored both their respective leagues. I think it's the North East Counties League or whatever. Um, they which Bridlington play in, um, and Bitten obviously play in the Western League, uh, which is sponsored by Tool Station. So they bring two sides together to play each other, which is obviously something you're not going to really get to do very often, um, unless I say obviously you get. The fortunate FA Cup draws. So in this one, I obviously want Bridlington to edge this one. I'm really sorry about the bitten. I know you really want me to promote Southwest football, and I will every day of the week. But when it comes to the side that way, where you're from, where you're technically born, not technically born, where you were, te- where I was born, it says on my passport, and I'm pretty sure my mum knows where where she had me. Um, so I want them to edge it. I do sorry about that. I am going to try and hopefully get down to watch this one, and if they'll do some live bits, live tweeting, um, keep updated with the scores, 
um, and maybe give it a bit of a few review from the first hand action. Uh, but I did only find out about it yesterday. Um, but if you can make this one, they face off at 2:30 p.m. at Bridgewater Town FC's Fairfax Park, and it's four pound for entry, including um, a program as well, and all 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 profits go to charity. So that's going to be a really good fixture there. And if you are in the area, please do get yourself along to that one and support them. And obviously support Bridlington for me if you can, unless you're a Bitten fan. <laughs> Sorry again, Bitten. So another fixture that takes place on Saturday is Dorchester taking on Yeovil Town. Dorchester who currently play in the Southern League Premiership, um, obviously the South Division, which is two below their Somerset counterparts. Dorchester finished 15th in their league last season and will be looking to improve on that finish this season, no doubt. The Glovers finished in the bottom two of League Two last term and they'll be looking to return to the English Football League at the first time of asking following their relegation. They've had a bit, they have had a bit of it's a busy time this summer with in between assembling a renewed squad. They've also had a change in ownership and a change of manager. They're currently being managed by former Stevenage and Watford Academy boss Darren Sorrell. Dorchester have played uh, two so far in this preseason. They won 5 0 against Bridgewater Town FC. I'm sorry, Bridgewater. Um, I feel like I'm bringing a lot, a lot of hurt for them and a lot of memories, but it just seems to be that a lot of teams have played them so far this season um, and it's not been ideal results. But remember what I said earlier on preseason results don't matter that much, so come on, the Ridgey. Um, but Dorchester have also lost one this season. They lost uh, one, a narrow 1 0 defeat against Horndean. Yeovil have played three so far in this preseason, and they've won two, losing one. They beat Stratford Town um, of the Southern League Premier Division Central 2-1, and they beat Hereford by the same scoreline before losing out 6-1 to Championship side Swansea City. That game kicks off at 3 o'clock at the Avenue in Dorchester. While at the same time, a Yeovil Town XI will also travel to Melksham Town. Now, Melksham Town play in the Southern League Division 1 South, and they finished 12th in that league that last season. I expect it to be a very mixed side for Yeovil. Uh, they could do what Swindon Town did yesterday evening and split their sides up and spend two very mixed sides to both games. Um, hopefully, Yeovil Town will be able to confer this near the weekend, and I will obviously tweet about that um, and retweet it. But there's nothing from that yet, but I imagine it maybe could be youngsters, um, fringe first-team players maybe that aren't going to be involved in the what, could, what seems to be the more main first-team friendly at Dorchester. Um, on Saturday. Nonetheless, it will be a very good test for Melksham and a very good occasion down at the Oakfield Stadium, and that's a three o'clock kickoff there. <clears throat> the next six fixture we've got is Salisbury. They face the greenest team in world football, according to FIFA, and that's Forest Green Rovers, if you hadn't guessed already. Mark Cooper's side travelled to Wiltshire, uh, Wiltshire's only city, to face the Whites, who have just come off the back of a tough test against fellow League Two side Swindon Town on Tuesday night. The Whites went went on to lose to Swindon Town on the night, a Swindon side that featured two trialists and a mix of first-teamers and youngsters, while the other half of town squad played in another friendly at Hungerford, as I already mentioned uh, before. Keeping you awake. <laughs> the Whites have also played uh, friendlies against Reddins under-23s, Limington Town and Averley, um, as well as the Robins, have been their only defeat so far. They beat Reddin 1-0, Lymington 3-0 and Averley 3-1 respectively before going on to lose 6-1 to Swindon Town. So Forest Green will be fancy their chances but obviously the Whites will be looking to avenge their their defeat, only defeat so far in pre-season. Forest Green lost in the semi-final of the playoffs last season and they'll be preparing for a promotion chase again this summer as well. This game kicks off at 3 o'clock and they have tickets available for £10 for adults, £5 for concessions and under-16s get in for £2. Another game we're having a look at then is Tiverton Town and they host Torquay United with a 3 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. 
So talking of the National League, pulled off one of the results of the night in midweek, beating a strong League 2 Plymouth Argyle side 3-1 at home. While Tiverton also had a very good result in the week with a 5-2 win against Wellington respectively. It'll be a very different test for both sides, but I'm sure it'll be an enjoyable one for players and supporters and club officials alike, and it'll be a great occasion down there. So if you're in that area, do get yourself down to that one. Now, sorry, Sester Town. Um, we host near neighbours National League Southside Chippenham Town with a three o'clock kickoff in Sirencester. Sirencester will be looking to bounce back from a surprise 7-2 loss of midweek to Royal Woods and Bassett, while Chippenham Town were held at Froome in their first pre-season outing last weekend. Chippenham's opening pre-season was complete with a red arrows flyover, which will I'm sure happen just to mark the occasion. Next fixture I'm going to have a look at for Saturday is Long Eleven's host Cribs Causeway. Well, Cribs FC, sorry, I'm sure that. But that's the two o'clock kickoff at Seamill Park in Long Eleven's. Cribs will be looking back to bounce back from a 3 0 loss to Larkall, while Long Eleven's lost 4 2 to Southern League outfit Swindon Super in midweek. So both sides will be looking to get back to their wins in their pre season preparations, and that'll be a very good test of both sides. And I say two o'clock kickoff down there on Saturday. Well, Gloucester City are back in action again, and they play technically away, but AMSO Evesham United um, are playing their tenants, Gloucester City, with a 12 o'clock kickoff at the Jubilee Stadium. Gloucester City obviously still play outside of Gloucester, and they play at Evesham United's ground, so their build is the away side, as technically you can't be a home side at someone else's ground unless it's in the FA Cup or whatever. So that, that won't be a enjoyable fixture as well if you're up in the more northerns of the region. So that's it really for my list of fixtures for this pre-season weekend preview and the, the topics. Um, I'll be back with the results and a review of the weekend's action on Monday, um, which will be our first weekend review podcast as well, ahead of doing it all again for next week's midweek fixtures as well and maybe playing with the format a little bit. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, we're also, we've also got a WordPress site, an Instagram site and a Facebook site. Just search the Southwest Non-League Show and I'm sure you'll find us um, and I'll link it all anyway on our Twitter feed. Um, and I'll put links maybe in it in our, our description here as well. And depending on how you're listening, we are available on iTunes, Podbean, Player FM and Spotify. Um, and please subscribe to get the next episode directly to your phone or a notification of when the next episode is available. And if you're feeling really lovely, leave a review and maybe a rating. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to speaking to you all again soon. I'll see you again on Monday. Um, and thank you all for your support in the opening, the opening few weeks of the show. Thank you. Bye-bye.